Hey, welcome to this new series at Open Life called Established. What comes to mind when you hear the word established? I don't know, we thought maybe like an old rock stairway that can, you can just tell it's been there forever and it's kind of a little tipsy because it's settled, but it's never going anywhere. How about an old beautiful building, 100 years old with sweet wood floors established, right? Something that's been around forever, longevity. Well, when I think of a scripture that uh, really hones in on being established, I think of Psalm 37, 23, and it says, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Uh, I remember a, a song by the band Truth when I was brand new to the faith and they would sing this. It was a different version. They'd sing, a steps of a good man ordered by the Lord. And it's still in my spirit. You never know what's going to happen with those seeds that are put in when you're younger. The word established means having been in existence for a long time and therefore recognized and generally accepted. And uh, man, if you've ever felt like life has just become too heavy, too much, uh, there's too little time to get everything done, you're not alone. In fact, you are unfortunately in very good company because a lot of people feel like that. Or should we say they felt like that before we all took like a year off, right? So, I mean, you look at the pandemic slowed stuff down. And as we just talked in our last series, it was a, a wake up call for many that maybe that pace, that rhythm of life uh, wasn't the best thing for them. And maybe now we're trying to find a new normal versus the the overload normal or, again, the depletion normal. We don't want to wish that on you. And we want to jump in very timely here and hit pause and establish more healthy rhythms. Maybe develop a new muscle memory for our faith that uh, will feel like initially swimming against the current of culture because we're going to learn to stop and rest and we're going to work on becoming more established in our faith. So, so let's work on experiencing life to the full through a position of being established in our faith because I believe that's what's going to be best for you, the community, uh, really, it's going to be best for wherever we are present. I want to jump into today's text as we look today at being before we do. Uh, Luke 10 verse 38 says this, Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? 
How many have had conversations like that in their home? Don't don't nudge the person on the couch next to you. Okay, here we go. Uh, tell her to come and help me. So that was her plea Martha made to Jesus. It says this in verse 41. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried about you're worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Awkward, right? Martha was sure Jesus would be like, yeah, Mary, get off your lazy duff and get in there and help prepare. But that's not at all what happened. It became a little interesting because Jesus flips the script as he so often does and says, you know, Martha, have a seat. Spend some time in my presence because you've got to learn to be before all this doing takes place. And uh, I don't know if you relate. I mean, do you spend sufficient alone time with God that you are like sustained throughout your day? You're operating out of overflow and not out of emptiness or depletion or lack. I mean, can you slow down and, and stop and recenter when you begin to feel your anxiety raise and like what what part do you allow God to play in that moment? And do people see you as content in who you are or do they see you as constantly seeking the approval of others to find self-worth or perceived value? Those are some of the things that that walking out today will break free from, develop within your life. Our big idea, God wants us to be before we do. While Martha's hospitality and heart for the preparations is commendable, and and honestly, we love that type of excellence in our life. A lot of us do. Uh, But she was not spending enough time with Jesus to sustain her doing for Jesus. And that's the tension we have to manage in life. A person who practices being before doing operates from a place of emotional and spiritual fullness, deeply aware of themselves, others, and of God, all at the same time managing that. And as a result, their being with God is sufficient to sustain their doing for God. And uh, man, you cannot give what you do not possess. Uh, We've all had that moment in our life where we realize that. What you do is important, but who you are is even more vital to lock in on. The state you are in is the state you, you give the world around you. You give others. So what does it take to be before you do? Uh, How do we integrate being with Jesus and doing for him in such a way that our spiritual lives are characterized by fullness, courage, uh, peace, versus emptiness and and discouragement and anxiety and overwhelmed, you know? In order to be with God before doing for God, we need to make radical decisions. We need to, to feel our feelings. We need to practice silence. And we need to spend time with Jesus throughout the day. And so uh, we're going to look at that today. Let's jump in. Thought one, 
make a radical decision. Radical decision. Have you made radical decisions in your life before? Can you just like, oh man, I, yeah, maybe buying your first house or taking a crazy vacation or uh, that moment you you decided to 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 get married. That uh, job you took. Uh, radical decisions. Well, let's look at some some what it takes to make a spiritually radical decision here. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I'm God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Be still and know. Like have the confidence that you know, that you know, that you know. It takes a radical decision to flee over commitment and hurry and no margin what would be considered the norm of the world around us in order to learn how to be before we do. I mean, radical decision to go against the current of the pace of culture. That's the radical decision we're talking about. A couple of weeks ago, we went to Cabo. I am uh, losing a layer of skin still. And uh, I, I, we had so much fun. It was It was warm. Uh, not like incredibly hot, uh, but that we were right on the beach and we could go out and, and I was pumped to go out and do a little, just like body surfing. And, and we didn't know if we could do like wakeboarding or not, or just, or not wakeboarding, but, uh, boogie boards or, or anything in the, in the waves and kind of in Cabo, the waves just kind of crash against the beach and it washes up and it's done. They don't crash far out. So you can't really ride anything in where we were at. But, uh, uh, and then we noticed that it was red flags. So we were like, oh, cause these waves every once in a while would crash real hard and you would just watch people getting wasted in the sand, you know, and, and you're like, but it still looks kind of fun, you know? So we get down there, the water hits us and it is not warm. It was weird. The Pacific had some cold water sweeping around in the, the bay there. And so we, we uh, did eventually get acclimated and went in to do a little body surfing. We jumped in and, and it was a little rough. You know, you couldn't really ride the waves in or you would just get crushed and spun. But you could like go past the break and float way up on waves and way back down. It was it was, it was a lot of fun, but but some of the family was nervous to do it because it was kind of pulling you. In fact, we would you know set our stuff on a uh, on the beach and kind of have our set location. And it wasn't long that we noticed that we had like drifted with the current all along ways down the beach and you're trying to get back. We started trying to like, cause we weren't in the break and going up onto the beach. Every time the waves came in, we were a little ways away from the break and, and you were floating back and you were floating sideways and you realize I'm not going to swim out of this. Like the only way we're getting back to where we want to be right there with the family is we're going to have to exit the water, which is when you get crushed. Right. And then walk on the beach and then get back in. And I think that's kind of what uh, we have to do with our faith. This experience we have to do with our faith as well as we sometimes just have to get out of the current of the world that we're in because we've drifted from where we intended to be living life to the full. And we drifted from peace of mind. And we've just been oh man, I'm a far way away from where I think my best life is right there 
And I need to sometimes break out. I need to get out of the current, walk down the beach, and then get back in the water if I want to enjoy life to the full. That's the kind of radical decision we're looking at here is just a, a, a find an exit, a clean break, get off the hamster wheel of, of life and, and that we can quickly face as we begin to exit out of some of the restrictions of COVID. And uh, we have to develop this new muscle memory and rhythm and habits. That's why we've been honing in on that this year because it's such a vital time to create margin. Our lives must contain margin for us to have quality time with God. Uh, and that's like time without something else clamoring for our attention. Like I can give my undivided devotion to the Lord. Now I get quiet time when I'm walking the dog, but that's not the same. I'm focused on the dog, not swallowing stuff or eating stuff or jumping on a neighbor kid or whatever. Uh, it's not the same. I need just like solitude, silence before the Lord. That's kind of a radical decision to make space for that. Time where I can um, hear the still small voice of the Holy Spirit and know that that's the only thing I would be hearing. Uh, space to be present with God, not just trying to check in with God or our faith or check off our Bible reading. Don't get me wrong. For some reason, on our daily Bible plan reading through the New Testament here at Open Life, I am all about checking that off. I'm all about the streak I'm on it, like almost 700 days in a row in the Bible. I don't know why I'm motivated by checkboxes, but I am. It's the way I'm wired. But what if we get away from that? And man, I just, I just want to be allowed to dwell in the presence of the Lord. That's a radical decision. It's countercultural. We have to find that. Thought two, man, we need to feel our feelings. Feel our feelings. And not everybody was raised to do that. Maybe you were taught to suck it up. Don't wear your emotions on your sleeve. Um, you know, you, you might be perceived as weak if you share how you're actually feeling. Uh, tuck away that sadness, fear, depression, disappointment, anger. Can I just say, honestly, that was bad advice. Whoever gave you that advice or modeled that for you, there's a lot of pent up things going on in that world, right? And we don't wanna be that. We just wanna identify our feelings when they're happening. And if we wanna truly be present in the world that we're living in and whatever time we're in, then we have to free ourselves from facade and understand what's going on in my inner being, right? What am I facing? Why am I so anxious when I see this number come up on my phone? Why am I so worried when I get this news about how this is going or that is going or when the doctor called and said we need to meet face to face? Why? What? What's stirring here? And we must get used to being honest with our feelings. God wants us to be who he created us to be, right? Genuine, created in his likeness and image. And when we know who we are, man, we can be incredibly genuine. Think about it. Uh, think about someone you know that is just so 
real. I think that's a word, like a term that I hear when referring about people. Yeah, they're just, I love that person. They're just so real. Well, what makes them so genuine? They most likely are very comfortable with who they are, themselves, their feelings. They're not wearing a mask. They're not putting on a facade. They know who they are. You know who they are. And everybody's at peace around them because there's no wonder, right? And uh, that comes out of a deep security. And if we hide and bury a part of us, our feelings, we won't have that security. Uh, Ephesians 2.10, Paul writes to the church of Ephesus and says, man, we're God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us to do. What do we have to come to grips with there before we do the things he's planned for us to do? We have to come to grips with this masterpiece, all of its feelings, all the masterpiece, our mind, our body, our soul, our spirit, right? Uh, The psalmist says this in Psalm 139, 14, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Like I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Man, you can understand how someone who's walking in an understanding of just those two passages could be so real, right? They're just so comfortable because they've taken on the humility and the courage to actually know who they are, to actually know all the elements of this created human. My soul knows it very well. We can see this journey of being uh, comfortable with feelings in the writings of the psalm all over the place. You can read uh, these moments. But David writes in one instance in Psalm 42, 5, he says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Why I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. I mean, he just puts it out there for all to read, right? And for all to know, man, I'm discouraged. Uh, I'm sad. But he's also having an honest conversation with God. And that's what it means to feel your feelings. It's like, okay, God, uh, why am I in a hurry? I mean, I drive that way. I don't know if you do, but I... I drive in a hurry. I, I, why, Lord, why am I doing that? I don't need to get anywhere fast right now. Uh, there's no traffic. Why am I so impatient, Lord? Why am I feeling impatient right now? Uh, what is this anxiety all about that is stirring inside me and I'm finding myself short of breath? Why is this making me so defensive or angry? It, it was a simple word. What's going on inside me, making me deal with my reality in this way? Why am I avoiding conflict with that individual today? What is it that's making me live in avoidance? Um, The more we do the work of exploring our feelings, the more we will understand the beautiful soul Like we'll know it full well. This beautiful soul God has given us, our strengths, our weaknesses, we'll, we'll have a grip around that. And we can offer it to the Lord. God, I offer you this fear that I have as I walk into this meeting because it's above what I'm comfortable with. So here it is, Lord. And we'll walk in in peace. We'll be truly present. Thought three, practice silence. Awkward, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, it's just like, 
we're not used to silence in the world we live in. And integrating silence and stillness, going back to that radical decision, right? I mean, these it utterly transforms how we follow Jesus and the way we live in the world around us. I don't know if you can remember back to when you're a kid or maybe you have kids and you play games like hide and seek. Hide and seek is one of those that when kids are little, how do you find them every time? Well, all you have to do is make a weird noise or a joke or a sound and you'll hear a giggle in a closet down the hallway or something, you know, unless they're masters at the game. They're going to start after a couple minutes, you'll hear a woohoo, you know, from a closet. You'll be like, well, I guess I found them. Why? Because I was quiet and I could hear where they were. I couldn't see them. They're hiding, right? So we start using this thing we have two of versus this thing we have one of. And it's amazing what happens in our life. We play a game uh, called uh, One Night Werewolf, where uh, the whole thing is you close your eyes, each person takes on a different character, and you have these cards and you move them around, depending on what character you are. And, and playing that game, the first few times we played it specifically, uh, you know, we would have our heads down and there's this narrator on your phone telling each person what to do, depending on what card they have. And you would all of a sudden hear the audio from the phone change because somebody passes between you and the phone and you're like, whoever's on my right is that person taking that action right now and you can catch them, right? And because uh, if they're a certain character, they lose and if they're a certain character, they win. So it's like you try to figure out the character so that your team wins. And uh, that was the sound was a dead giveaway as long as we were silent. There's so many instances in life where silence actually makes for an opportunity. And uh, it's no difference with our practicing silence in our relationship with God. When we stop talking and begin to allow God to speak back, the relationship takes a whole new level of maturity and depth. Um, and so I don't know if you've had a relationship where the talking was all one-sided before, but it it's hard, right? There's books written about not being the talker, how to win friends and influence people, quick to listen, slow to speak, which is actually based off James 1.19. Says this in James 1.19, it says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak. God gave us one mouth and two ears for a reason. We need to pause. We need to enjoy silence. And the relationship must go both ways where, yeah, we pray. When we're praying, we can talk to God, but we also need to make space in that prayer time to listen because that's when we begin to hear the still small voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. We need to relinquish control, our desire for approval, security, and just rest in God's presence. Uh, Peter Schizero, uh, the author of the discipleship course that we're starting this week, which is not too late for you to jump in. Your materials might get here in time. But anyway, sign up, right? You want to be a part of this pilot version as we start doing this as a key part of Open Life's maturity. But he says this in, in his newest book. He says, our approach to prayer changes in silence, from focusing on getting God to do what we want to positioning ourselves uh, 
so that we want what God wants. It's amazing the submission that happens in silence. Silence allows us to let go of our agenda and experience community with God freshly. Um, prayer's not just speaking to God, it's listening in silence. And final thought, we need to spend time with Jesus throughout the day. Spend time with Jesus throughout the day. Our goal here is to continually be conscious of God, remembering him, abiding in him. Maybe you could say following his lead throughout the day. You know, in Thessalonians, it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 7, never stop praying. Well, what is that? Like it's, am I just always like closing my eyes and walking around? Okay, Lord, you know, uh, no, it's being aware. I think it's more of an alertness, an awareness. And I don't know about you and, and what you have on on your phone, um, but for me, on the face of my phone, I have a bunch of notifications. But as soon as I get rid of those notifications, uh, I have in the background even, my family is back there in, in the background. Like, and I love the pictures I have of them. And, and why do I want that? When I unlock my phone, when uh, all is happening and, and I'm like, man, I got my family right there. What is that? Well, during the course of the day, every time I open this, personally, I want to feel like I'm with my family and not apart from them. And it's this little, I don't know, in my spirit, it's like a check-in. Uh, it's like accountability. It's, uh, we might not be face-to-face, -face, but we're together in some way, shape, or form in spirit, I guess you should say. And, and we can do the same with God. I mean, during the course of the day, when we're going through our normal activities, we can be aware that he's with us, that his presence is with us. And we can get used to having those little moments with God, just like, man, thanks for that. That was a cool moment, Lord. Thank you. And it's not weird. It's not, we don't have to light a candle and go into a dark room and close our eyes and hold hands with somebody. It's like, just as we're going, as the moment is occurring in our life, we can be grateful because we're together. Uh, back to the beach in Cabo, I have to hit on this, man. One of the things that kept us getting into that cold ocean water, actually got colder the longer we were there, uh, was we had yet to get Preston in the water with us. Now, he had seen us get tumbled a few times, so uh, he was nervous, right? But we knew once he got into the water and in one of those big waves and we'd rise way up and crash way down, it would be a blast and he would want to do it the rest of the time we were there. So it was a significant thing that we wanted to be together doing it. Like, let's get everybody in here. We wanted to share the time we were having and allow him to experience the same emotion, not the slamming. We were hoping to prevent that from happening and it didn't ever happen to him. But finally, man, his visual of us living life to the full and having fun out in the waves won him over and he came out to us on a day that it was a little calmer. It was like a yellow flag. And so uh, he jumped in and and just, he, he loved it immediately. And we were all riding the currents and coming back into the beach together. And it made for just one of the best moments in the final few days. And I think God is doing that for us. Like he's in the deep water often. And he's just saying, 
Will you come on out? You're gonna love it. Will you, will you get out of the rhythms that you're used to and take a, a radical decision to step out and just, will you spend time with me? Will you come out here? Because you're gonna, you're gonna have a blast in the deeper things of the faith. I want you to experience a more mature relationship with Jesus. Come on in, jump on into the water. And guess what? Eventually, because he's gonna keep pursuing us and pursuing us and pursuing us, eventually, guess what we're gonna do? It's our action thought today. We're gonna jump in. And that's the challenge for you. I want you to jump in and be patient with yourself as you begin to practice these things. Maybe grab one of them. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to feel my feelings or I'm gonna try to, to enjoy silence more or I'm gonna try to recognize that I can be with Jesus all day long. Um, uh, either way, we need to figure this out. And, and we were studying uh, with a group of guys this week in Ephesians, and we read this passage, and I just wanted to close with it today. Ephesians 4, 14 says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We need to radically step out of the current of our culture that would leave us overwhelmed, exhausted, hiding our feelings, just trying to push through every day. We need to get in touch with our Lord. We need to be before we do and be patient with ourselves as we do that. And we have to be aware that the person active in their faith for God must have a proper flow right? From deeply within that they would be doing out of being. They got to be before they do. So I want to pray that for you today. God, I thank you for this new series and that you would help us establish ourselves in you deeper, more maturely than we could ever have imagined. And I pray right now that God, you'll speak clearly to us, maybe of these four thoughts, what we need to strengthen the most so that we can be before we do. God, that you would show us how to jump in to our relationship with you uh, in a way that uh, enjoys silence, where we can hear your voice, where we can recognize the anxieties or the feelings that are stirring in us and deal with those along with your Holy Spirit. And that God, we can learn what it is to spend time with you uh, throughout the day, not just a moment, not just a devotion that we check off, but like throughout the day that we can recognize you at work and, and spend time with you 24-7. I just thank you that you promise us we can do that. And for those that are watching that have never made a decision to follow you, that's the first step. And I just pray that they would say, Jesus, come into my life. I want to follow you as my Lord and Savior. And I want to experience life to the full, peace of mind, like what I'm hearing here, I wanna be, I wanna truly be present in the world that is here around me and not living in another time zone. I wanna be here and that God, you would help them freshly right now be before they start doing things out of uh, a void. May we do things out of fullness for your glory 
In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. We can't wait to see you, uh, hopefully, in discipleship this week. But otherwise, we will see you uh, next weekend as we continue to unpack this new series because we believe you need to be established and it'll allow you to live your best life. Blessings.